Indian and cowboy, indigenous, independent, and listener-supported, rooted firmly at the intersection between digital media, podcasting, and indigenous storytelling. And welcome to Michif Esquewak Megwa Atigwa. Michif among the stars. Stars, 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 stars. Shelly Vowell Nitsigason. Millie Swan Nitsigason. Wapaman Sakayagan Otsinia. Waskasu Sipi Otsinia. And we have a guest. Wyatt Scott Nitsigason Otusquinik Ochinia. Hey, welcome to Wow to Wow. Yeah, that's it. I'm done. I've just had. My 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 childhood <laughs> ruined. I I'm done. The nothing has got me. I feel Holy like man. I had the childhood that I never had was ruined. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's I, like you can't go back. I kind of wish I watched it as a kid. Yeah. yeah, I feel like it would have been a very different experience. Oh yeah, you should explain why you wanted us to watch this. Well, yeah. Okay, so I decided um, that we should watch the Never Ending Story, which I'm, I'll just give you the synopsis, right? Wandering into an old bookstore, 10-year-old Bastion Bucks, it's not the same as Bucks, <laughs> discovers a mysterious book that transports him to the magical kingdom of Fantasia, where he becomes the unlikely hero of a strange and enchanted land. That does not sound like an accurate synopsis. No, I know, I know. But whatever, some of them are, are off. But, you know, this was like... But this I mean, was that's the DVD. Like, I feel like this is white supremacy at work. Saying this weakly little dweeb is is the main care the hero of the story. He's not. He doesn't do shit. But he's the one you're supposed to emphasize with as like as the little white boy in the eighties. Yeah, I know. Maybe yeah. that's our problem. Mm. Is none of us are little white boys in the eighties. Yeah. See, so the thing about this was is like, so I was talking to my kids about this. Is they're really into memes. But memes right now change like second by second. Like you yeah. really have to have your your like finger on the pulse of of you know pop Today, culture to yeah. keep to keep up with the memes. And even then, you probably can't keep up with them all. But back in the day, when I was growing up in the eighties, the memes lasted for years, right? Mm. Like, every, and everybody consumed the same culture. Wait, not culture. What am I trying to say? Media, like pop media. Culture. Yeah, I was thinking pop culture. Wow. Um, everybody, I was like, no, wait a minute. That's so wrong on so many <laughs> levels. Do I, do I unpack that or just let it go? Do we edit that out? No, because we don't edit. Yeah. Um, yeah, but so everybody, move through this? Yeah, everybody consumed the same like media. And so everybody kind of got the same references. And so this was like, this was a really important movie for a lot of people my age. Um, and I think it became like sort of relevant again because of Stranger Things, which if you haven't seen the the end of the, the season three, you won't get what I'm talking about. But if you have, you know. And so everybody's watching it again. And just like anything that was made back in the day, uh, it just kind of sucks. It's not as good. And you weren't you're not like yeah. we're not kids. We're not constantly seeing the world 
as though you're high, right? Little yeah. kids walk through the world like, well, I really do. I feel like they used to make movies for kids as though they were. And I really feel like Disney is the the corporation that made that change. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Like the, their narratives are too normal. Yeah. They're yeah. not, they're not weird enough. Yeah. More realistic. Yeah. yeah but I remember, you know, like uh, little Nemo, did you guys ever see little Nemo? It was basically like a kid's version of Yellow Submarine. It's like this kid named Little Nemo whose bed comes to life and takes him to Nightmare Land. What? Where he needs to save the dream princess or some shit. Anyway. Wow. Yeah, it's super trippy. And that's that was sort of the vibe I was getting from this. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's true. Like, but, yeah, some of the movies back then were really out there. And yeah. lots of crystals. Yeah, the dark yeah, crystal and crystals. puppets and stuff. and yeah. Well, whatever. They were like really, like everything that we're seeing now is, you know, it looks real low tech. But at the time it was super high tech, all the animatronic stuff yeah. and like the... Mm. I don't think they had green screens back then, so like the some of the splicing that they did, and yeah. yeah but I, but I mean, I like what you said about the meme thing because I was hearing like I feel like um, especially so I'm 31, and I feel like I am part of like everybody that I knew had seen Neverending Story. Okay. It was like it was definitely part of the culture, the right. pop culture of the, and it was like part of that meme. Like I knew like that dragon guy. The only thing that I really knew was the kid riding on the the white dragon. Yeah, 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 mm. yeah. I think it was like. So I'm a little bit younger, and I think that perhaps it's basically it was, a fetus. <laughs> not quite that young. <laughs> you're, like, like, you're like the size of those little scientists in mm-hmm, people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's, oh my god, yeah. Like oh I didn't realize they were supposed to be small at first. Anyway, we'll get yeah, there. Yeah, but yeah. like, but yeah, by my time, I don't think it was much of a thing. I just saw yeah. pictures of this kid on the dog dragon. Yeah, I could not yeah. have predicted at all the content of this. No, film. <laughs> okay. not even a little bit. Yeah. Well, even, even having seen it, I was kind of seeing it again. I was like, wow, there's a lot that I missed. Especially, like, you know, as, as, a, as a kid, I'm trying to consume stuff that has, like, indigenous portrayals. And everything that I've, like, revisited is yeah. uniformly bad. <laughs> yeah. Which is so interesting because I feel like in the adult media that we've watched, the 80s are, like, the late 80s and early 90s are sort of the high point yeah. for decent representation. Yeah. So it's interesting that it doesn't translate into the kids' stuff. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, okay, wait, we should... Let's talk rewind. About, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was terrible. Yeah. Um, yeah. Going back to what are we going to start the? Oh wait, let's talk let's about our wine first. Okay, Ooh. wine first. Okay. Yes. Well, we got some really topical, useful, we, legitimate we, wine. Yeah, we we uh, drank it. We didn't just apply it topically. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. It's not topical in the other sense. Yeah. Topical. Okay. And also not tropical. No. Uh, it is called Dragon's Tears Grand uh-huh. Reserva. Cabernet Sauvignon, signature style of Dragon Manjeet Minas, product of Chile. Uh, the label is brown, dark brown, and the writing is yellow, and it's got this kind of stylized dragon. It almost looks like a gothic lettering, like the mm. first part of a Bible passage mm-hmm. on like a medieval Bible <laughs> that has been hand transcribed by monks. And it says on the back, by 20, no, not 2005, nobody says that. By 2005, <laughs> the sister and brother team of Manjeet and Ravinder Minas had carved out a sizable share of the beer and spirits business in Chile, I guess. They decided adding wine to their lineup would make good sense. However, the siblings had little experience in the wine industry. It's taking us through their like, entire wine body. I know. It's, yeah, it's their origin story. Yeah. The initial offerings weren't too well received, causing a few, quote, all caps, tears. Oh my God, that's Ooh. hilarious. Yeah. So their wine was so bad, it made people cry. Yeah. <laughs> who, who would publish this? I don't know. <laughs> anyway. They're very humble. 
Uh, they soon realized that they need more understanding of the complexities and unique process of crafting wine. They decided, this is like a whole book, they decided to persevere and work hard at understanding how to correct that initial attempt, and more importantly, to have much more extensive tasting panels to advise them on the decision of what wines had to offer. So it really was like, we should improve this, but actually we should just get more people to taste it because somebody will think it's good. <laughs> Um, to advise them on the decision of what wines to offer, as they believe learning from the past is a calculated plan to prevent any more, quote, all caps, tears. <laughs> this is so epic. I, much like the film we watched, yes. it's perfect. Years of careful research and deliberate tastings have led to the Mina siblings to create Dragon Tears wines. The lasting, the tasting panels are currently headed up by Manjeet and Ravinder to personally approve <laughs> all of the Dragon Tears wine, which are now changing the face of wineries by offering amazing wines at amazing value. In vino veritas, in wine there is truth. It's not that great. It's a pretty mid-range Cabernet. Yeah. I mean, none of us cried, so uh, I guess that they're... It didn't they're cause all caps. Well, we didn't tears. cry pain. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like... A little like this movie, a little let down by, you know, the story. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate, I mean, I, I feel less let down by the story than I do by the wine. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I feel like with a story like that, we should come out of it being like, they truly learn. They're yeah. truly masters of their craft now. Well, I'm just not. like, never mind. We'll At least back. they didn't make us cry. Tears. Quote. All <laughs> caps. Cry tears. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the, the land trust. Oh, yeah, the land raiser. So we're doing yeah. this thing. It's called the land raiser. Back to the land, to land, to furious. Yes, which you may remember from We've, we've been talking times. about it for years. Yeah. But it's actually happening now. Yes, it's actually happening. You can check the pounce. You can check other people's pounces. Just pounce on Pounce on it. Pounce on it. Pounce on it. Pounce on it. <laughs> Maybe this Dragon Tears is a little more. Uh, I'm, what I'm, percentage is that? That's amazing. A percentage? Uh, oh, also, I stole the only blanket. Let me know if you need it's it. It's 10% fire, 12% pureness of heart. <laughs> no, you're kidding. 11%. Fortitude. That's too many percents. <laughs> All right. Anyway, it's very um, strong. Yes. So we we are raising money for um, some land. We're going to buy some land. We actually went out to look at some land we the did. other day. Uh, epic times. It was epic times. Yeah. We got really muddy. Oh, I got really muddy. Oh, we, man, the mud out there is like it, there's a lot of clay in it. So I like, good I, thing we weren't sad. Yeah. Oh, we <laughs> would have sunk and yeah, we would have sunk into yeah. the clay. Um, yeah, there was a flat tire. There, there was a whole odyssey. It was an epic journey. I felt like a Treyu. And it did feel like the never-ending story at times. And your car was almost Artex. That's true. But we dragged <laughs> Artex out of the sad swamp. Yeah, with oh, the guy. That's right. The guy did it. Yeah. The guy who dropped a pen fell out of his pocket, and he picked it up and hucked it into the bush as hard as he could. Like he was trying to impress the chicks with littering. It was it was the most hilarious <laughs> so weird. thing in the world. We hope that right like right now he's just like sitting there being like, why did I do that? Why did I ever think that was, was going to be cool? <laughs> they probably think I'm just such a jerk. I hate nature. Ugh, masculinity <laughs> sucks. Man, and, and did we learn a lot about masculinity today? Did we ever? I feel like we did. So this is going to be like um, probably the, the last episode before the election. Yeah. So the whole political landscape could be changed October. Yeah. We've never elected or possibly even elected a reanimated corpse before. So this is Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I know it's pretty sad, but I'm like, so Thomas Mulcair sucked. 
like obviously sucked as as prime minister uh as we knew he would but whatever you, you guys are like ooh ndp ndp third party woo it's never happened before yeah. and you know what else has never happened before is we've never reanimated sir john a Macdonald to head a political party the yeah. old new conservative party or yon cp is probably going to get in yeah which i mean and you know they're desperate because they needed to find the most like fascist horrible like you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's like... The proto-fascist. You know, there's also debate. Is he just like a reanimated corpse figurehead? Mm-hmm. Do we actually want his reanimated corpse policies to be put in place? But when well, I love that they never they never got his consent, but like, who cares? Because, yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, it's not... <laughs> he's going to cry about it? Yeah, no. Is he going to cry? Quote, all caps, tears, tears about it? No. Does, do his tear ducts even work? Nobody knows. No, I probably not. But anyway, so that's he's happening. He's still throwing back all that gin. Yeah. So, yeah, that should be fun. Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing is, like, I feel like even now I'm, like, not even that inspired to vote. No. Like, not, not even, like, because <laughs> honestly, you're, you're electing a reanimated corpse. Like, probably going to happen. So, like, what's the point of even fighting against that? It's so ridiculous. It should undo itself. Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing is, like. Any of the other candidates are more or less also their own versions of being a reanimated corpse <laughs> of Johnny McDonald anyway. Right? It's like, true. same diff. I'm surprised Mulcair's beard isn't, like, heading a party by itself. Right? Like, yeah, whatever. Anyway. anyway. So that's going to be fun. If anyone wants to <laughs> shave fun. Tom Mulcair's beard and, and then start, start a new political party, party, you go for it. Why not? Yeah. It's a free At for this point, now. yeah. Don't be giving people ideas, eh? <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right. Uh, Wyatt, take us into the movie. Wyatt, what okay. happened? Man, what okay. happened to us? So the first <laughs> thing that happened. happened to us is we start off with the intro credits and some really great synthesizer. Mm. Yeah. Eight, the 80s was, was... I was really missing it. School confer. Yeah. yeah I that, think there's like three synthesizers going at once. Yeah. Oh, I think like it got up to like at least half a dozen It was like a synthesizer <laughs> battle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was wicked. Yeah, that, and that was really the most impressive battle of the whole, the whole thing. Yeah, I, yeah, in my notes I say here... Shitty 80s music. I mean, but I, I meant think it in you, like a really loving way. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. yeah. Shitty. Like, like shitty. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, like PH City. <laughs> city. Yeah. Like, sick is actually like not yeah. sick, but actually good. Yeah. Like deadly. Yeah. yeah. Shitty. Vicious. Yeah. yeah. It was vicious. Man, music. that was so shitty. Yeah. <laughs> I'm <laughs> really selling that. I believe it. We, we are not influencing <laughs> we are the lingo of the youth. We are not. Uh, so, um, the, the credits go on for a really long time. And this and is the thing crunch. that I found about this movie was the start. It starts super slow. It is super mm-hmm. slow. It's like getting into a book. And yeah. And that's, and I actually like kind of appreciated that. The only other movie that I've really seen do that is Deer Hunter. Actually. Oh, I was yeah, yeah. Deer Hunter vibes. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I wonder um, if the same people were involved. <laughs> I mean, we could definitely find out, but whatever. I think it's something like an 80s thing. They spent more time like building up. Mm-hmm. It, whereas now, like, I think a lot of movies just start with the action. Yeah. And then kind of build up. Yeah. This movie was definitely... <laughs> like a sexual metaphor, I'm wondering. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this kid wakes up, there, and, and this is the thing, I've seen this movie a zillion times, like, as a younger person, um, but there's so much that I, 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 I missed. And so, right behind him, he's got, like, behind his bed, he's got a picture of, like... Uh, a Plains Indian in a headdress. Yeah, this kid clearly has some, like, fetishistic impulses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I noticed, and I want to bring this up now before I forget because I didn't mm. write it down, was when he's listing fantasy novels. Yeah. 
You oh, list last last one week as a fantasy novel, I know. which I yeah. we get like it's written by a white guy. It is a fantasy, but it's but like it's fiction. It's right. fiction. It's not. But like in this kid's mind, he picks it up, being like, "Ooh, Indians! These fantastical creatures." Yeah, I, I read it with Lord of the Rings, Last of the Mohicans, <laughs> Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, yeah, Tarzan. So he lists Peter all these. Pan. Yeah, he lists all this stuff that's now considered to be like great fiction. It was all pulp crap at the time. Like Edgar mm. Rice Burroughs, like laughed his way to the bank writing that crap. And people just eat it up. They're like, ooh, it's so classic. Like, it's, if you've ever read Tarzan, it's like actually, and it's actually really entertaining. And all of it, all of his like Mars uh, books as well. It's just utter trash. Wouldn't it be great if like the apocalypse happens? <laughs> and then, you know, okay, you know, in um, The Chrysalids by John Wyndham, mm-hmm. how the only book that survives after the apocalypse is the Bible. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be great if the only books that survived were Daniel Steele? And so everybody was like, oh, <laughs> look at these incredible, this was the peak of civilization. Like, I would love that, honestly. Wow, we should all have toured affairs. Is that what the, I don't even, I've never have read Have you never read, read Daniel Steele? No, you brought it up? Too. Oh my well, God. Okay, but you see, like she's written yeah. 40 or 50 yeah. books. Yeah. And they're all, you know, 400 pages. Know. She clearly knows her stuff. I have Amazing. a lot of respect for that. I can't woman. believe that you brought her up and didn't read. That's so great. That it's basically, <laughs> you were primed to start that religion. Yeah. <laughs> Knowing the barest about it, about the texts. Yeah. Yes. That's People perfect. will read me passages and be like, prophet. Yeah. How do you interpret this? Yeah. And I'll be like, well, with my vast knowledge of Daniel Steele, I am ready. <laughs> my child. Oh, my God. Anyway, okay, where were we? Oh, yeah. So I had another dream about mom, he says to his dad, who's like 80s business dad archetype. Okay, I love mm-hmm. I love the dad because the dad, okay, you guys are way too young for this, <laughs> uh, was on this other TV show that I used to watch oh my, my with my family called Simon and Simon about these brothers who are private investigators. I kind of want to go back and watch. It was so great. It was so I'm totally great. I'm picturing, you know, in uh, Muppet Christmas Carol. Yeah. I have this song, Marley, yeah, Marley. That's what I'm picturing. Oh and, but he's also this, like, like old, grizzled, badass, like, bad guy in Longmire. Have you seen Longmire at all? No. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. The 80s dad is yeah. the grizzled, like, oh, the old bad guy in with the, the Longmire mustache. series. No, no, no. Oh, no, he looks, you, you'll see it. You'll be like, oh, yeah, I totally know who that is. Like, you'll recognize that him. That is also, that yeah. is like the Malcolm in the Middle dad becoming the Breaking Bad dad. Yeah. <laughs> he's the he, same. The he same plays actor. a great bad guy. Uh, but yeah. I mean, well, he's mm. the bad guy in this too. Let's be real. Yep. I mean, did you see the breakfast he made for himself? Yeah. It was, he just blended up some eggs, eggs and then and- drank it. With with orange juice. Was it with orange juice? Yeah, oh, that's cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's Truth totally right. I, I feel like this is actually, <laughs> I feel like, well, you know, because like, um, so something I've talked about before is, is uh, you know, certain aesthetics um, mark an era, right? The way that people dress and the hair and the hairstyles, but also the diets that people went on. Wait, was that mark real? It? Yes. You know, orange juice and not, not joking. Movie? Either as like a, a hangover cure or as like a health thing, you know, like the grapefruit diet oh. and this and that. Like, so he was like. He was like demonstrating how like, you know, he's eating this really healthy, like no fuss, no muss. Oh, so you don't think it was like he's secretly an alcoholic? No, no, I don't think there's, I mean, there didn't seem to be an indication. I think, I think it was like, that was considered like a really like healthy, like, like now it would be like some sort of like kale smoothie, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. We should definitely try it, but like, I wonder. Uh, No, what? I'm not not courting salmonella. I'm good. (laughs) We should definitely try Anyway, okay. So anyway, the dad they have a they have a oh they have a man to man chat about how you can't let your mom's death get in the way of getting the job done. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just put away your feelings, son. Just lock them away and just like get your head out of the clouds. Put your feet yeah. on the ground. Do your math. Yeah. Stop drawing unicorns in your math books. Yeah. And stop being scared of riding horses. 
Start eating healthy like me. <laughs> Start it. Here, help me cure an orange juice and egg smoothie. But yeah, we, uh, so the dad sucks. Yeah. Um, and okay, on a scale of one to ten, how accurate is that 80s dad? Uh, like a 20. Oh like my God. super accurate. Mm. Yeah. 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 Probably, like of... awkwardly try to touch him. Yeah, yeah, like, like, pat, like, oh, pat, like awkward pat, pat. Yeah, he's yeah. like pulling his hair. It yeah. Was really weird. Yeah, that reminds me of like, my grandmother loved watching Mad Men for a while, mm. but she had to stop because the men in it were too accurate. Oh. She was like, the masculinity is too accurate. And I was like, gross. Ooh. Oh my God. Ooh. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. anyway, we can all, you know, I don't think feminism has got us as far as a lot of people think, but. It's gotten us past that, I hope. Uh, yeah, at least in some places, sometimes. Maybe. We don't yeah. have 80s dads, man's man chat. Uh, like that anymore. Um, anyway. <laughs> Sometimes in some places. Anyway, so he tells them to stop dreaming, get both your feet on the ground, start facing your problems. Yeah, and then his problems are boys from school immediately chase him as soon as he's outside and they're like, where's the money, nerd? Weirdo. What do you mean you have money? Yeah, and then, and then they throw him in the, in the trash. Yeah. But the dumpster seems to be actually not an unpleasant place. Yeah. This is full of hay. Yeah, it's full of hay for... They're in the city, but it's full of hay. Yeah. I mean, you, that don't was wanna, weird. you don't want to get too gross. Like, the shitty thing I wasn't expecting was when he got out of the dumpster and left, and then the kids, like, started chasing him again. <laughs> I wasn't like, expecting oh, it either. relentless. <laughs> and, and Millie was making these awful comments, like... Oh, yeah, he's not fighting back. And, like, what? No, yeah, you were. That. You were terrible. No, it wasn't. You were <laughs> I like, didn't say that you would bite. You, you were like, you were like blaming him for his mom being dead. Okay. Shelly, you've got some anger issues with the fact that we didn't like your beloved childhood film. <laughs> I, I know. It, the funny thing is just that it was always going to end this way. Oh, no, don't, don't ruin it for people. They don't know yet. They don't know No, we, lo- we liked parts of it. It's true. Yeah. yeah. We talked about those parts. The of it was very... It was very... <laughs> sincere there was. Uh, so anyway, so the bullies put him in the dumpster. Then the bullies say, get back in the dumpster. Yeah, you're not allowed out. Did we say you could get out? <laughs> Which was mean. Um, Harsh, man. Just a little. Yeah, so he's running. He's running away from the bullies. And he <laughs> dives into the store. The bullies run past. Uh, it's this grumpy old man in a grumpy old man bookstore. You could not get more stereotypically grumpy old man than this situation. Okay, and this whole, this whole exchange was just so wonderful. It was such an example of, like, generational contempt. You know, he's yeah. like, this is a store of, with books, you know, like little rectangular things. They don't go beep, boop, beep, boop, the arcade's down the way. Like, you know, like, your little mind can't even, you can't even, like, deal with this man. <laughs> and the kid, well, the funniest part was the kid was like, yes, it can. My tiny mind has read lots of books. Let me list some books for you. They're all like, again, they're like classic, like, here are my scare quotes, classic books that were, which I, by the way, I, I love a lot of those books, but they were, um, they were, they were just pulp. And this is the thing is like, like, stop holding on to your pulp. Stop holding on to your never ending story and try to make people love it, even though it hasn't aged that well. You know, like, let wow, me like Tarzan. I feel like this is a really personal <laughs> It's very <journey>. cathartic. <laughs> I am. I feel like, I, I feel like I'm. Which is finally Wait, letting go. Is your never-ending story ending? It is. It is ending. Oh, my God. <coughs> a, a new chapter has begun. 
Wait, Whoa. that's not what ending a story means. I, I don't know. It's, <laughs> you're right. I don't know. I can't say new books. It could be in the same series. What do I do? I still have books. <sighs> oh, anyway. You're going to go out there and you're going to pick the least pulpy book you can find. No, I love pulp books. I'm just it's not going to be like, this is a classic. <laughs> your little mind won't get it. <laughs> you're just going to run up to all your kids and be like, hey, kids. <laughs> and you know what this is? It's a small rectangular thing. It doesn't beep boop. <laughs> you wouldn't understand. Kids these days. Oh my god. Oh. Uh, anyway. Uh, so anyway, he uses the most obviously hilarious psychology <laughs> on the kid. And he's reading the never ending story himself, this old man. And he's like, I've got to go answer this phone call. But you know, other books, you're not really in them. You just think that they affect you emotionally and you feel like you relate to the characters, but you don't really. Now this book is a cool, awesome book that's different, but it's not for you. And then he puts it under a newspaper <laughs> yeah. and walks out of the room. Does he even say, don't touch it? Yeah, it's, yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. like, it's yeah. not for you. I, and, and I was telling them that I've tried this, uh, I've tried this trick on my kids with carrots. They're not for you, they're too, you can't, you can't, you, can't, you can't handle them. <laughs> and it doesn't work. <laughs> But oh, even no. this kid honestly sucks so much that it totally works. Okay, out. no kid, no kid sucks so much. This kid lost his mom, has a really crappy, unemotionally available dad, gets bullied all the time, but he's still a nerdy little white dude. <laughs> <laughs> I try. Okay, I'm not bullying a kid. All right. No, no, we're not bullying. All right. But, but I mean, the reverse psychology does work on him sometimes. Of course it does. So he does the only thing approaching badass we're going to get from the kid this yeah. whole time, and he steals a book. Yeah. The book. And then he cuts class, which I guess is also kind of cool. Well, but he didn't mean to. He was just yeah. late. Also, JK, anybody who goes to, is a kid, stay in school. Yeah. yeah. Well, he shows up and it's, the math test is on. And if you ever, have you ever been in that situation? Mm. Uh, like, I have way too many times. <laughs> like, I don't just have nightmares about it. It's happened to me at university. I just um, like walk in. It's like, hey, it's midterm. You haven't been here for weeks. I'm like, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually, when I was at the University of Calgary briefly, yeah. I once completely missed the midterm. Didn't realize the midterm was going to happen. Oh. Came in the next class when the per, the professor was like, okay, I'm handing back your midterms. And I was like, the, 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 <laughs> yeah, no. I, okay, well, that's even, I don't know if that's worse. When I was at the University of Lethbridge for my first degree, um, I was in... I don't know if it, a philosophy course, and I, I did. I, I skipped. I skipped. I skipped. I skipped. And then I showed up, and it was the midterm. And I turned <laughs> around, and I never went back. And I just like straight up failed that course. Oh yeah, man, it was a time. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know you could withdraw. Like yeah. yeah. So I just, there's like, a lot of university things that you have to learn. Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, but, anyways, but we will. That's funny. School. It's so funny that we're talking about the ivory tower. I know. Whoa. We're we're definitely going to come back to so that. Anyone who's going to the ivory tower, you can withdraw. Yes. Keep that in mind. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And it doesn't like it. It doesn't count on your transcript. It shows up as a W, but it doesn't bottom out your GPA. Yeah, so important. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, I wish this kid would have <gasps> right. Yeah, yeah. The kid should have withdrawn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Oh, Wait. But so, like, that school was definitely a prison before. Well, it schools was a school. were prisons, man. Like the door was like that so was literally thick. just how schools used. To be. <laughs> yeah. And then like there's and like, little, like the tiniest little people. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what kind of schools you're used to because when I went to elementary yeah. and junior high and high school, it was all like that. So I, mean, I don't know if they're yeah, different. They weren't ever great, Still, but they weren't quite like 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 windows. What are windows? Yeah, you don't yeah. need that. Yeah, windows just distract kids because they can look out into the yeah. fresh air and know what they're missing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jeez, 
<laughs> but okay, this what the school has that is awesome is the totally metal terrifying attic. Yeah. Oh my god. Attic. And, and it's clear it, he's like stolen that key before, right? But no one thought to check the box. Well, I the eighties were a different time. Yeah. Yeah, the box is like has this little glass door on it and it's clearly broken into yeah. and he just like reaches in, grabs it, and goes up to the attic. It forever, well, you know teenagers going up there and like getting it on and Oh, like, you know, no, he pulls out that mattress. What if there were teens in there the whole time? Oh, they're, like they're watching hiding. They're like, what, they're like, what is going, going on? <laughs> <laughs> He's got the candles out. No, those are the ones who made the movie. <laughs> Whoa, that's like four levels of like. Oh, yeah. oh that's anyway. no, that's so gross. We're gonna make the secret snuff film of this kid reading this book. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't die. Oh my god. but he disappears into the book. So well, yeah, but then he comes back. Maybe, maybe like with time. He like felt like he was away for a really long time, but he comes back to that moment. Maybe. Or even before. Maybe and, he, that's and, he, all and he writes the math test after all. Or he Whoa. just gets his dragon pet to like bite the teacher's head off. Yeah. Or yeah. he just brings the dragon. Yeah. And he has really good luck, and so he guesses everything. Yes. We need to get one of those for our ivory tower. Oh. Uh, not necessarily that the dragon went into the real world. Mm. That might may or may not have been a thing. It was because he bullied the bullies. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Uh, I mean, <laughs> you're about like how many decades late for spoilers? <laughs> All right. So he's he's up in this like total metal attic. It's got um, it's got like a human skull. It's got all these skulls. And we keep seeing like new layers of it throughout the, the movie. So, yeah, there's like, you know, taxidermied animal heads and like armor. And like you thought you saw an Iron Maiden. It was wild. Yeah, it was wild. skulls. And, and also. Oof. Uh, very conveniently, sort of like these mattresses. Yeah, well, gym yeah. mats. They're like, oh, is it? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, they're just gym mats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And also candles and apparently something to light candles with. Of course. Oh, like these weird little beaker things? Yeah. yeah. I mean, science. Science. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like, he starts reading this book. So we, we, we are introduced to the denizens of what we later learn is called Fantasia, this world. Um, there's a giant snail, which is a racing snail. And this little dude with the top hat, and there's this big, huge sleeping bat, and this little like gnome looking dude. And everybody keeps like, like hating on the bat. Yeah, they, they, were really, bat. they were really, they were really rude to the bat. The bat did what he was needed honestly to do. Coolest character. I know. Yeah, there's one of like the like themes throughout yeah. the show. Was, like people were hating on this one bat. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and it was also strange because it's like the bat is literally flying the guy around like his personal little paraglider yeah. airplane. Appreciate and your transportation. Like, well, not only that, but he's like insulting the bat while they're flying yeah. as though the bat couldn't just get its sweet vengeance at oh, any yeah. time. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. Um, and so then we see this, like, we hear this noise and then we we see this huge stone man on this, like, cool stone, like, stone steamroller bike pull up, you know, all screech and he's like, can I join you? Yeah, and I'm not going to try it first. Yeah, I'm not going to talk as slowly as you did. <laughs> yeah, this first scene... It lasts for like oh, 15 yeah. minutes and nothing happens. It's a lot of exposition. Like not even, no, it's not even that Well, some exposition. of it isn't, yeah, because he's like it just eating limestone. So mm. Okay, so he starts eating this limestone and I'm like, yeah, after this, so after this movie, this movie really, like, really influenced me in a lot of ways when I was a kid. Like, because I saw this when I was really, really young, right? You got to remember this was like, you know, we would have rented, like, we didn't go to the theater, so I would we would have rented this. So I would have seen it, like, maybe once, twice, and then it just becomes bigger in my head right. over time, right? I didn't see it again until I was, like, in my 20s, watching it with my my oldest kids, like, yeah. who, were, who were my youngest kids at the time, right? So anyway, he, like, so he eats this rock, and I'm like, at the time, I was like, wow, I wonder if rocks are tasty. So I, like, went through this period in my life where I was, like, licking rocks. I'm sure you weren't the only one. But... I have recently found out that that is a legitimate way 
that some geologists actually test rocks. Yeah. They lick the rocks. There you go. So actually, I was a budding geologist. Whoa. <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. And this is what I learned. What from happened? Learning. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> that was a <laughs> What kind of rocks were they? <laughs> yeah. They were dusty. That's uh, rocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah totally, totally. And like, like, like playground rocks. Yeah, it was kind of gross. Oh, the playground. No, I, <laughs> somebody gets a peed on those rocks. No, no. I, I also went through this period of time. I, I watched this movie <laughs> called um, The Emerald Forest, which I will never watch. I, I'm not going to go revisit it. I'm sure it's totally exploitative. And it is about like indigenous peoples in the Amazon, but it's about like white saviors and stuff too. But they had like, they they made this paint where they were invisible, and I, I'm sure, pretty sure in the in the in the movie it was just camouflage. But I thought that if you held a green stone, you would be invisible. So like, cool. yeah. I also <laughs> <laughs> they were just the green rocks along the railway. I like that rock. <laughs> it didn't work. Lead based paint. <laughs> it was dusty. Here I am today. It was dusty. <laughs> it did not have a nice bouquet. It, did, it must not have been a real vintage year, as the stone eater it, said. Yeah. The rock biter. A fine limestone. The stone eater. I mean, rock biter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the rock biter's eating, and these boulders are crashing down, just about killing everyone. <laughs> Rude. Yeah. So it's. I actually found it quite horrifying because, like, the smaller characters are clearly already scared about something, yeah. and they, like the the rock biter freaks them out. Like he's, they're all convinced the rock biter's going to eat them. They're not familiar with it, and then he's just creating these unbelievable environmental hazards just <laughs> totally doesn't give a shit like i don't know i think he's supposed to be a sympathetic character i did not find him all that sympathetic no i thought it was gonna be like a very like fern gully situation like the problem mm. in whatever this forest was was that these steamrollers are coming around mm. and just like yeah bulldozing the so forest. he would have been part of the problem yeah that's what yeah. i thought initially i thought yeah. okay here we go the plot let's go yeah. no, no no but another, you do learn story yeah you do learn that it's the nothing yeah, the that's the is issue. Coming. The capital and nothing, and it's and it's everywhere because yeah. the rock biters from the north, um, the snail riders from the west, and the night hops that rides a bat is from the south. Yeah, mm. those all big problems. Yeah, and they're all headed to the ivory tower, which is where the empress lives, the empress of Fantasia, who's going to fix everything. Yes, uh, and they're going to inform her of this problem because apparently she has no other way of getting news. I guess. <laughs> um, so they they go to the ivory tower. So this is fifteen minutes later. They're at the ivory tower. <laughs> Uh, and there's a big crowd of folks gathered to see the Empress, and they all look very. I appreciate fancy. the weirdness of it. Yeah, because like mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like movies in the '80s, um, as we're seeing with like sort of the reboot of Dark Crystal, is a, a lot of effort was put into creating these like these character like not even tertiary characters like they don't, they don't show up again. Yeah. Right. But so you've got like people with huge their, their whole bodies is a big face. Yeah. I really like those ones and the ones with the four heads. On their, yeah. 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 But there's like pieces. several different of the forehead. People. Yeah. There's yeah, like yeah. animal foreheads and then like. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I liked it because I, I do also feel like movies from this era and so including movies like Labyrinth or the Dark Crystal mm. as well. Like there's also a grotesqueness to them mm-hmm. that you don't mm-hmm. get anymore. Yeah. They're a bit scary. And I, that's the thing is I find a lot of people um, like actually don't like the Dark Crystal because it scared the crap out of them as kids. Mm-hmm. And like, I totally get that. I also found it. I, I found it repulsive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, and it wasn't until, so I, I, I totally forgot about it until I was, um, in my twenties, I was at a bar and it was playing, you know, with no, cause there was like the ambient music was really loud, but it was yeah. playing on a screen and I was like pretty stunned. And I'm looking at this, I'm like, what? And it just like, <laughs> you know, at, at first I was like, what is this? Am I really seeing this? And I'm like, oh my God, 
this is from my childhood. And that was horrifying to me. Right. I was like, oh my God. Ah. <laughs> but, I, but I also wonder how much of it too, like, I feel like it's almost sort of like a, it's a way of sort of teaching kids that you can be sympathetic. Like you can be a sympathetic character, but also be a bit grotesque. I don't know. Mm. I think, right? like, I just think movies. everything. Yeah, I think well, yeah. it has, mm. it's, it's slightly fascistic. Yeah, it is. It is weird. Everything is super like uh, adorable now. Yeah. But like, yeah, movies from that time. What is that one? There's one. Um, uh, it's like, there are these like little people and there's like this giant with a, like a boat on his head. And um, I think it's like a Terry Gilliam movie. It is also like, Okay, yeah, you're like, what? But this was, I'll, I'll remember it later. And it was like the weirdest, grossest, strangest mind fuck of a movie ever. Mm-hmm. But that that was like kids, I mean, even Labyrinth. Like we love Labyrinth, right? But Labyrinth is weird. Labyrinth is super weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. another movie that I didn't see until I was an adult. And I was like, yeah. God, this is so weird. But, but, but as a kid, good. it like it really sort of like sparks your imagination yeah. in ways that I don't think that these sort of like... Uh, you know, like animated movies where everything is really cute. They don't yeah. like because mm. the movies now are meant to like meant to be funny on two levels. They're they're, they're supposed to entertain kids and the parents who are forced to watch this movie over yeah. and over again, right? So it's like, yeah. Well, I think there's that. Well, I was just gonna say too, like they they also don't have these. You know, as you were talking, like tertiary characters never show up again, right? Yeah. Like I feel like part mm. of what was really interesting about this movie is they spend 15 minutes setting it up. With the the bat and the guy and the guy and the snail, yeah, and then we never see them again. Well, we yeah, we but, see one at the end, but yeah, mm. yeah, you see the rock fighter at the end. But the other ones, it's like you know they mention they're from a people and they're the people mm-hmm. that live in this direction. Mm-hmm. And so they there's like this world that they're building up around them, but then they disappear. Yeah, and I'm thinking about a movie like Frozen, uh-huh. where Ooh. all of the characters that you're introduced to are in the movie Mm -hmm. and they're Mm -hmm. just like, they're really bounded in space and time and like really firmly part of this narrative and Mm -hmm. you see them over and over again. Mm -hmm. And so you don't get to do this, like, like as a kid, you know, you're probably like, Oh, you know, you never see them. Like you see them. Yeah. Right. Like right at the end when Fantasia has been rebuilt, (laughs) but like Mm -hmm. creates this way for kids to start putting their own stories into it and on it. Where it doesn't, you know, it's not just that fan fiction thing of I'm mm-hmm. choosing this main character and this main character mm-hmm. and this main character and we're going to have adventure. You can, like, build the rock biter culture and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and you can do that yourself. And I feel like, yeah, modern day movies don't have that. Well, and I found it was really weird much. watching this because, like, everything went faster and was more surface than I remember it. Like, mm-hmm. like I felt like I had this deep connection with, mm-hmm. with Artex, the horse, and, like, we, and we only see him, like, for, like, five minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like you were like this broke every kid's heart. And I'm yeah, like, it's sad, but you don't know anything about. Yeah, you yeah. don't know anything about this relationship. They don't know. just met the they, horse. I know yeah. we just met the horse, but like as a kid, like I, I was watching this. I was like, no, that's not right. Mm. Like we, like mm. you know, I felt like there were so many adventures in between. It was so, it, yeah. I, I think like as a kid, your your sense of time is different, but also you just sort of build it up. Yeah, yeah it's filling wild. the blanks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I think that there was a very important observation that you made. Oh, about wow. this, <laughs> Thank um, you. yes, and so um, we're, we were talking about like you you see the ivory tower and there's like this like civilization built up around it. It's like the heart of Fantasia, uh-huh. and like so makes the comment that it's kind of like oh like oh look this is like the heart of civilization mm. in Fantasia, right? Mm. Um, and then Millie points out that you know um, the '80s themselves might have been the peak of civilization. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah, that was my deepest moment. <laughs> I think so. I think I think That's we all agreed that. Like, I really hope not. 
Yeah. Because <laughs> like if it's if all if, downhill from there. Yeah. If that's where we ended up masculinity wise, yeah, if that's where we ended up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. No, thank you. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. So the big crowd of people gather to see the Empress. It turns out that she is deathly ill, and there's a link between the illness and the nothing. So if you cure the Empress, you save Fantasia. And so um, the, then, then the emissary of the Empress says, you know, we've, we've got one chance. Uh, we've called the greatest warrior from among the plains people who hunt the purple buffalo. So like, I was like, yeah, yeah that's us. That's yeah. us. Woo! Like purple buffalo. This okay. Purple buffalo. Why did it have to be purple? I don't know. That's fine. But also then it. we see on, on uh, Bastion, the, the human kids, his backpack is, uh, you know, there's a, like an Indian hunting a buffalo. And the buffalo looks kind of purple. You know, so yeah, and he's yeah, like, I think it's just how it was sweet. He grabs his backpack and he looks and he's like, "This is the best Whoa. day ever." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I also kind of liked it because it's like everybody else from all the other directions are gathered there. They're like, "Save us, save us!" But they had to go ask the plains people. Yeah, the plains people clearly don't give a fuck. They're like, Good. "Yeah, <laughs> they didn't the send bear. no, they didn't send an emissary to be like, save us, Empress." They're just like, "Whatever, man, we're we're hunting the buffalo. We don't need your civilization. Yeah, we don't need your ivory tower. We're living we're that horrible buffalo. buffalo life." Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. right. The but, ivory tower is not the new buffalo. No, yeah, no. But like, also, like, you guys need help. Okay, we'll send you. Yeah, yeah we'll send you our very best warrior. <laughs> Which I feel like it might have been like. Taking this a little bit, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe. So they send a, they send a trail, uh, who is a boy the same age as Bastion, uh, and he's he's got like a little bow and a quiver of arrows, and he's in buckskin. In his buckskin, he's got this like V neck buckskin that just gets more and more V neck V. As the, and like, and it was actually such a because I feel like you know you get these movies like I'm thinking about um, the Revenant. Yeah. Remember when we went to see the Revenant, and it starts out. And they're doing okay, and they're fairly well-dressed, and they, like, kind of have it going on. By the end of the movie, they're they're just disgusting, (laughs) and they're chopping each other's fingers off, and they're dirty, and their clothes are ripped, and they're bare, you know? And I feel like Atreyu's deep V (laughs) was that. It just shows the passage, like, the passage of time and all the travails he's gone through. Yeah, because even even when Felkor finds him and heals him and cleans him up, the deep V is still much deeper than it was. He's like, I just, I can't fasten this buckskin anymore. I'm just too (laughs) depressed. Yeah, I can't pull it together. Yeah, literally. Literally. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, yeah. he has to save the world. No one can give him advice. Sebastian is so excited about that. Well, yeah, of course. Well, and he gets to experience, so, like, it being, like, the hero is a little boy, just like him. Mm -hmm. But it's also, like, his fetishized Native American version. It's like Bastion is on a vision quest. And Atreyu is the one who actually has to like do the actual do vision it. quest. He has to actually to, to actualize Bastion, which is actually mm-hmm. sort of like what we see a lot yeah. in sort of the white well, man yeah. overcoming the Indian trope, especially with the vision quest thing. Is they replace the Indian? Well, too. they replace the Indian, but also like they don't have to do any work mm-hmm. for the vision. It's just like they show up, and some like old native guy is like, "You're totally ready for this vision quest, okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, sit down, inhale the smoke." Instant vision quest material. Yeah, Atro does all the heavy lifting, and Bastion is the one who has to save the world. Yeah. Like, classic. Yeah, yeah. and that's it, right? It's like, it's Bastion's vision mm-hmm. at the end. It's not, Atreo gets nothing. No, Atreo, well, I guess it gets, Atreo gets to go back to, like, Whoa. hunt the purple buffalo, which, honestly, if that was if, if that was the option, I'd go for that. I'd be like, mm. all right. Yeah, you get back. the credit. I'll yeah. get the, yeah, but I mean, well, part of the thing that was really sort of, like, is kind of messing with my mind about this is, does Atreo remember? Mm-hmm. All of this. Or are they just waving at I this like way more pissed off? So, I would hope so. Yeah, because like the the whole movie is it is it too early? 
No, man, we've been no, going okay, back and good. forth. Okay. Yeah. Time is not linear. Movie. You know, it's like, oh, like, Atreyu is doing all this really cool stuff, and look how strong Atreyu is and all this. And then at the end, it's like, surprise, Atreyu's not actually the main character. It's, a, it's Bastion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Be like, I went through all that. That was ridiculous. So some white kid can shout out Moonchild. Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. oh, I had to look it up. I didn't know, because you never hear it. And there's no, no subtitles back in the 80s. So, like, I, I, I looked it up. I looked it up. I, I, the whole time, I assumed that he screamed out his mum's name. Oh, that would Maybe been his mom's name was Moonchild. Oh god, that would be so. Because his mom oh, could have, yes. you know, been born in the sick. Was probably born in. Listen, I was almost, I was almost named after Frank Zappa's daughter Mooney in it. Yeah, that almost became my name. Yeah, really? yes. So see, it's really well, not that out of the realm of possibility. Can you imagine? But, I would have deserved the punches. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's okay, Mooney. <laughs> <laughs> Where are we? Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. So he's not allowed. He has to go alone. He has to leave all of his weapons behind. And no big deal if you fail. It's just the Empress will die and the world will be destroyed. <laughs> yes. I love this. Like, and uh, okay, I, I started, this actually was a bit of a punch to the gut for me. I was like, this is kind of like the whole climate, uh, you know, change yeah. di- dialogue right now. It's like native people do all the heavy lifting, uh, you know, save us. No big deal if you don't, we're all going to die. Like, why is it? Why yeah, is it but then this, these white people are going to take the credit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Well, and Atreyu is just, like, so into it. He's like, well, at first he kind of gives him attitude yeah. and walks away. And he's like, no, 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 come back. And so yeah. They're like, back. wait, wait, wait. We have a quest for you. He's like, quest? I'll do it. Yeah. yeah whatever like, you guys need, I'm into it. <laughs> I'm into quest. And then, yeah, and then he goes, what is it? <laughs> what, what do you need? <laughs> and then he's like, absolutely. What, what kind of quest? <laughs> so do you think I could survive it? And yeah. he's like, oh, I don't know. Like, at that point, I'd be like, you know what? I think I'm just going to go hunt some more purple buffalo. This sounds <laughs> like a new problem. I can't take my purple weapons. Yeah. I have to go by myself, except for my horse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is a you problem. That I apparently have for five minutes. <laughs> so then he gets this necklace, the Orin, which is like these snakes. It's the same insignia that's on the book that uh, Bastion's reading. And then he rides away on his horse. Yeah. <gasps> but then... then... Yeah, no, 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 no. A creature of darkness also begins his quest. Oh, my God. <sighs> the big wolf thing. With green yeah. eyes. Glowy green eyes. What's it, what was his name? Uh, Gamork. Gamork. I thought it was Dumorg. No, no, no. I, I just I called it Dumorg. Oh, Gamorg? Yeah, Gamorg. Gamorg. I just referred to him as Ruguru the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, he was scary. Yeah, he was pretty scary. Yeah, and, and uh, so the next thing that happens is uh, Atreus traveling for a long time, and he wakes up from sleeping, where he's just lay down on the ground. That's what you do when you're native. When you're real native, you just lay down on the ground. Yeah, right down. Yeah. You found yeah. some flowers, and it's yeah. like, yeah, this is a good spot. Yeah. And, and your horse wakes you up when you need to wake up. Yeah. yeah. We didn't need alarm clocks. We had our horses. We had our horses, our tiny little horses. No, we had our horses. <laughs> it's a tiny little horse. I mean, it was a tiny little boy. <laughs> but, like, it was like, it was like a full-size horse to this, like, Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but they're not going to put him on a big horse. But they should have. I know they totally yeah. should have. It's so much funnier. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so he's just lying on the ground, which I thought was one of the funniest parts of this oh. film. And hmm? sorry, so we never found out what the like the quest was. Like they didn't explain it up to this point. Well, he we just, just knew he was on one. Yeah, he has to go. He has yeah. to find a way to save the Empress. Yeah. They, well, but they didn't explain it at that part. I was no, like, I didn't get true. that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was true. like, he was like, oh, what's the quest? And they're like, oh, it's going to be dangerous. Don't take your weapons. Uh, and then he wakes it's like up. sweet. Yeah, and, yeah. True. And then yeah, then we find out. You just I, wander around aimlessly, as yeah. native people do. Yeah, yeah right? we just kind of find it, right? Yeah. But like, yeah, I have written here. Oh, he's finding a cure for the Empress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. So he's off to find Morla, the ancient one, wisest being in Fantasia, who lives 
on Shell Mountain, he thinks. And yeah. so he goes through this desert. He goes through this place where there's just big crystals coming out of the ground. Then he goes through Depression Swamp. The swamps of sadness. The swamp of depression. Yeah, so it's like, it's all like muddy and gross and they're slogging through. There's just a lot of mud. And then there's sadness. So there's much so sadness. sadness. But yeah. before we get to this really sad part, uh-huh. yeah. we forgot something very important. What was that? What? It was when Sebastian, like we, we panned back to Sebastian reading the book. Oh my right. God. And, <laughs> and, the worst like, part. <laughs> like, you know, um, What's the the kid's name? Like the, the one who we thought was the main character the whole time? A traitor? A traitor, yeah. So he's like eating lunch or something. He's like, okay, we got a long way to go or whatever. So, and then we pan back to Sebastian. And Sebastian's eating his peanut butter sandwich. He's like, no, we've got a long way to go. And the sandwich I have to ration my PB&J <laughs> oh my when I read God. my book. And skip, so skip my school. And he had that sandwich nerd. for like the whole rest of the movie. How can, how can a kid who's skipping school be such a dweeb? Well, I shouldn't say that I used to skip a lot of school, but like... <laughs> Totally a little dweeb. I was. All right, can we can we fast forward through because we've already talked about it? So the horse dies. The horse gets sucked down into depression. And every little kid that ever watched that was like, no, because we all love horses. So we're all like, oh, horse dies. And yeah. And then, but part of the thing that I was, and maybe it's like, I'm sure it's like as an adult being like, none of us knew anything about this horse except that it was apparently like prone to sadness. <laughs> um, but everybody's crying, like a tray is crying. Bastion's crying. Bastion's crying. Every kid in the 80s is still crying. Is crying. It's still and happening. And it's just like so, it, it's like, it's it's just feeding you the like, you need to care about yeah. this so hard. I, but, and, <laughs> and I did. Part of I cared life. about it so much yeah, when I was a kid. Because you're being socially manipulated. I know, but like, you talk to anybody who like, watch that movie as a kid um, and what are they going to remember the most from that it's the flying dragon and the and the horse which is so weird now that i've seen it again it's also kind of weird because it seems to be like such a huge like what's the course that artrax artrax arts artex artex yeah artex like does come up pretty frequently later on so it's like it's clear Mm. that they're is this like intense relationship between the kid and the horse, but you don't get like, you have to fill in that backstory, which when you're a kid, you know, it was like that. But as an adult, it was kind of like, okay, okay. You well, care about this it's fantasy versus reality because Bastion wanted riding lessons, but was too yes. chicken to get oh, any yeah. yeah. horse. Yes, and unicorns. But like, so this horse in the story is like safe, you know? Yeah. But like, so he can love that. But like the actual, it's like, it's like, it's also like the, the fictionalized, you know, Indian. You know, like you can love that, but then when when you meet, you know, as yeah. for real, you're like, oh, you guys are such assholes. <laughs> totally. Or yeah. like, I wonder too, for like white people watching this, if like that wasn't such a step to make. Like, oh, of course, the native kids gonna be like super connected to this. Horse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of mm, course. Yeah. Because like, obviously, I every morning instead of an alarm clock, I have a horse drool in my eye. <laughs> like, goddamn, well, why? I'm also really Did have to be born about, Michif? Why? Yeah, I'm also really interested in sort of this, like, swamp of sadness as sort of, like, a metaphor for suicide that's actually, like, quite progressive. Mm. Yeah. Right? This idea that yeah. it's, like, it's not you choosing to do this necessarily. It's, like, you know, there's, it's just this, it's like, just overwhelming. external force that's, like, you know, it's within you, but Literally it's not. sucks you down. Yeah, it yeah. sucks you in. And, like, I wonder, too, if that's supposed to be some kind of metaphor for his mom's death. Like, that was really, oh. like, I was getting real vibes. Yeah, Whoa. yeah, 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 same. Because, yeah, there was, that, that doesn't get talked about at all. Yeah. 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 That, that whole scene, actually, I think we could, like, really unpack. Yeah. There was a lot. Yeah, there. there was a lot. Yeah, it's true. Anyway, it was but a bummer. It was a bummer time. <laughs> we, get to, we get to, he arrives at Shell Mountain. And, Shell uh, Mountain. And he yeah. goes up and he, like, climbs up Shell Mountain and he's like, 
and why it totally called it. Yeah. It's like, it's a big turtle. And guess what? It was a big turtle. It was. Yeah. And then Bastion screams when the turtle, like, rises up. Yeah. uh, And Atreo falls down. Uh, Atreo climbs up on this tree. And then, like, yeah, Bastion screams and they could hear him in the story. What a wuss. Just be cool. Yeah. Was that cool? I I liked it. But, like, it just kind of, like, gave me something to, like, think about. Okay. I wasn't just like passively watching it anymore. And and I kind of was wondering, like, you know, when is this book going to become more real than other books? Mm -hmm. Uh, But okay, the thing I didn't love about the scene is that Atreus just yelling the whole time. He's just (laughs) yelling at this turtle. Well, maybe the turtle's old and can't hear. Isn't that what you do? You yell at old people, but you don't get that impression. I don't know. Maybe maybe Atreus is just a little insensitive when it comes to elderly Ooh, giant that, turtles. I don't know. That turtle was pretty miserable too, though. Yeah, the well, he's been alone was, for thousands of years, and yeah. he started talking well, to himself, and, and now he talks to himself in the in the plural. Yeah, to like it's help like, with loneliness. Yeah, yeah. but it's like nutty turtle. Yeah, it's just I don't know, so mean. It's like well, he's not mean. He just doesn't care. And why would you? And that's I oh. wonder too. Like, did the swamp of sadness come up around the turtle? I think it kind of did. Mm. Yeah, did he like carry it? It lives or dies. Yeah. Yeah, it's like very apathetic. We don't even care whether or not we care. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about that a lot. I was like, what does that mean? I know. I love that. I love that. Die? That would at least be something. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. <laughs> so he knows how to save the Empress, but he doesn't really care. So then he's like, ask the Southern Oracle. And he's like, how can I get there? You can't. It's 10,000 miles away. Despair! <laughs> Despair! And then a tree was like screaming like, oh, that's so hard. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then the bell like rings. Sad. School's out. Oh, was that? I thought it was just class oh, changing. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So that makes sense why the lights went off. Yeah, it's so lonely. <laughs> I thought that was because of the storm. No, and then yeah, so <laughs> and then the storm arrives. The storm comes. So he's been there all day reading this book, which makes yeah. sense. It's a big. It's a book. And yeah, it's a tome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, uh Yeah, and then, then I feel like we, you, you said that to defend him a little bit. You're like, it's not that he's a slow reader. It's just a very big. <laughs> Still, I, I know exactly how long it takes to read a book that big. Okay, um, so he. I used to have in my school's attic. Okay. Uh, anyway, did you? Um, so storm begins. There's animal heads, skeletons, and then this wolf head on a pike or something like. Yeah, that was falls into yes. his face, and then we cut very quickly to the the monster wolf, the Rougarou, he's yeah. running. You know, so it's like very tense times. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a, that's really all it is. Is it's. Yeah, was just, that scary for you when you were a kid? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, okay. 100%. It, like, it's like a jump scare for little kids. Okay. Mm. You know, so. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. thankfully, it never gets too scary because the space luck dragon Falkor flies in <laughs> as the wolf's coming. And a tree, I think, like passed out or something. He's, he's almost sunk down. Like, he's, right. he's just got his, like, his face above... Why it why it is like vibrating in a seat? Yes. So something, something that really sorry I did not mean to interrupt you. No. But, <laughs> I love how deferential you are. God damn right. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> like, like so something that I noticed too was like everyone has a hard time going through the swamp. Like mm-hmm. the turtle is stuck in this swamp. Uh, the Ruguru has no problems. Ruguru is thrilled. Yeah, it's like loving well, it. It feeds on like all the negative energy, right? Yeah, but like what does that mean about the Ruguru? Like. But he well, we we know later on, like he's the emissary. He's the he's the harbinger of destruction. Yeah, he's he's like the the servant of the one who's behind the nothing. So destruction, depression, all of that is like his his like stock and trade. He loves it. 
Mm. He's like super emo goth. Yeah, but I was like wondering about like the the like, emo gothness as like a way of dealing with like depression. Mm. That's what the swamp was about. Right? Yeah, like he rips through because he's on a mission to like literally rend a trail from limb to limb. So maybe like rage is like his way of dealing with all that depression. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, dude did not seem happy. <laughs> like at any point, was I like, wow, this guy's really loving life? No. <laughs> He's like, well, I just like point. how do you get when you've been punched in the face and you're like, all right, I guess we're fighting now. Uh, okay, <laughs> sorry. This is who I am now. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, okay, so, yes. Saved by Falkor. Saved by Falkor. Okay, so when I was a kid, like, they refer to him, he, they, they mention he's a dragon multiple times. But I remember being very confused about this as a kid. Like, I didn't see him as a dragon. And I think partially it's because dragons, to me, back then were like the sort of the European notion of dragons, yeah. which were based on dinosaurs, right? Yeah. Like, so, so like large with wings and everything. And this is much more of like of an Eastern, like Asian variety of dragon, which mm-hmm. now like totally reminds me of Spirited Away, mm-hmm. right? But like, um, yeah, so it kept saying dragon, dragon, dragon. But when I was a kid, I was like, no, it's just like a weird dog with a long tail, like with this weird body. Like yeah. I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't see it as a dragon. Like a yeah. disco snake dog. Yeah, <laughs> a what, disco snake dog? Yeah. I love it. Can that be her band name? <laughs> a band name? Yes. Can can yeah. Mitchif Among the Stars start a band called Disco Snake Dog? Yeah. Oh, oh my god. Oh my god. I feel Disco like we could also dog. open for Keanu Reeves' band Dog Star. Ooh. Disco Snake Dog opens for Disco Dog Star. Snake okay. Dog. That's Keanu actually how I refer to Falcor this whole time was Snakey Dog. Snakey Dog, but Disco. You're right because like of his Disco. scales yeah. are are so shiny. I, I hear Lethbridge is a very good place for Disco. I think that Lethbridge would absolutely benefit from our creation of this band. Which Wait, we're is the band going to be, doing. are we going to be a disco group? Is that what we did? Did we just decide? I think, I think we I should think have so. disco elements. Okay, I'm into that. Yeah. yeah. Like we should be very glam. disco revival. No, no, no. We're, we're very, we're very disco glam. We have a disco ball, obviously in the shape yeah. of a dog. It's <laughs> like chill step. Oh my gosh. I don't even know what that is, but I'm into it. It's like I'm dubstep, but like chill. Okay. okay. Sweet. That's it's like, like really my, slow. That's like my quest. You just <laughs> offered me a quest and I'm saying yes, but I don't know what it is. You, you heard it here first, folks. Mitchell in space. Disco snake dog. Coming to a venue near you. In Lethbridge. In, in, well, and maybe. <laughs> Coming to the venue. The venue in Lethbridge. Okay. Uh, wow. And then, so, okay, uh, Wyatt was ruining the Sorry. snake dog for me a little bit because um, <laughs> kept pointing out rightfully that the, the sort of dialogue between the, the snake dog and Atreya was a bit creepy. Um, Which I also don't, like, we need to yeah, get our need, minds out of the I gutter. know, I know. I, I, that's, like, actually a real problem is, like, sort of reinterpreting children's media in creepy ways. Mm. So, okay, I'm going to complain about this because I, I do it often, but... Um, I, I actually I want to complain about this because uh, a Mr. Rogers movie is coming out starting. Miss, I remember that I loved Mr. Rogers when I was a kid. Yeah, and I remember we hit about junior high and people kept being like, "Mr. Rogers is creepy," and I was like, "You believe Mr. Rogers?" Is so I yeah no, it's not a documentary. It's a movie. Oh. Um, I never got to enjoy Mr. Rogers because my parents ruined him for me. My mm. my dad was like, he likes kids too much, and I was like, "Ooh, thanks, Dad." And so like one, I was never allowed uh-huh. to watch him, and two, it was totally tainted. Right. And I'm just like, okay, so adults, stop doing that shit to kids. Like, yeah. let kids, like, have their pure stuff. Like, don't, like, it. and it, as a parent, this comes up a lot, is your own particular biases or feelings about things can really impact your kids. So, like, you know, I've got, I've got really, really strong political opinions about everything. Like, I can, my kids bring up anything and I'm like, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. 
uh, and I have to make a, I have to make a concerted effort to just let them enjoy their problematic music and their problematic media and let them work through it on their own and not like ruin it for them. Um, or their unproblematic stuff that I'm just like, mm, I don't like it, you know, like keep that mm. shit to yourself and let kids enjoy their stuff and don't ruin it for them and don't make it creepy just because you're. Just because want to you square. recognize that it can be a double on top. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, I mean, the don't. other thing too is I feel like that does sort of trickle through, right? You get these people who like parents will kiss their kids, mm-hmm. like their little kids, and then people will be like, "Oh, Ew. that's disgusting." Yeah, and it's like, no, and no, and that's like, don't make mm-hmm. this a. Th- no. It doesn't have to be a thing. Don't make no. this a thing. Like, come on, just like let you know you can have different kinds of affection. You can use different kinds of language. And you can, you know, just, like, have different kinds of social norms that are totally fine. Yeah. Like, around kids, right? Yeah. Like, we yeah, don't, yeah. you know, and it's, it, and like, I get that, that it's hard. And I get that it's, like, it can be really triggering for some people, depending on your own history and yeah. stuff. And, like, obviously, you know, especially if you're a caregiver, it's important to be vigilant. Yeah. And also you know, train your but, kids to, like, train your kids in bodily autonomy. Tell them that yeah. they don't have to hug people or kiss people. Um, tell them that their bodies are their own and nobody's allowed to touch it without their permission. And, and model that. You know, if you're tickling a kid and they're like, stop, you stop. And just like in your actions and your words, teach them that like that they're in control of themselves. And then like and then you're not setting, you know, you, you don't have to like train them in these weird ways where they just like are like look at everything with a jaundiced eye. Yeah. Ugh. That being said, as an adult watching the show, yes, I know. And but I feel like I, I feel like I'm just like I'm, I, I'm just ruined. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm a ruined person watching this. I've just been ruined. Yes, and I don't want anybody else to be ruined. But yeah, it was a bit creepy. Yeah. Um, but whatever. Uh, he's like, uh, Falcor's like, having a luck dragon is the only way to go on a quest. Which okay, next time seems we go legit. on a quest, seems let's legit. have a disco snake dog. Yeah. For yeah. accompaniment. And you have some more good uh, exposition slash proselytizing. Never give up, and good luck will always find you. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> that sounds great. Okay, I love this cave. <laughs> This weird cave with the, the oh, so yeah, there's like yeah. this tiny little couple the of like this old couple and there's this old man who is a scientist yeah and his wife is a witch so it's like this tension between modernity and like so, yeah so okay this and like don't at me but like <laughs> <laughs> why we will at you but <laughs> so, so I, I had this theory that like science like sci-fi mm-hmm. and fantasy aren't really all that different. Like, one's based in magic. Whoa. Oh my god! Yeah, so Tell us saying, more! Like, so, like, so one's, one's based in magic and one's based in science, but, like, really they have the same role in these, like, genres, right? Like, it's like this... And they do these crazy things that you don't really know how, but, like, it's just... It's just magic, or it's just science. Yeah. Right? And so, like, I think it's kind of cool that they had, like, you know, like, what they kept calling the witch and, like, the scientist. And they, they obviously some, like, little married couple or something. Mm-hmm. They're, like, not really happy with each other, but they're making it work. They kind of do the same thing. Yeah, I mean, that's, like, the Dune universe is, like, mm-hmm. so futuristic. And, it, and and it's one of the few sci-fi series that ha- doesn't have computers. Mm-hmm. Everything functions basically by magic, but it's, it's still sci-fi, right? Or yeah. is it? Is it fantasy? That, there's, the line between fantasy and sci-fi is not actually that strong depends. yeah mm-hmm. yeah but like i've mentioned that to people and they get so mad at me what no that's like a time-worn argument in Is genres it? Oh, okay. oh yeah yeah okay. yeah there's tons of tons of writing about that cool that but you can... it's good that you noticed it yeah 
Because a lot of people go their whole lives being like, science fiction is so much better than fantasy because it's more based in science and reality. Yeah. And then you're like, uh, actually, maybe you should like look at every series. It totally. I think it really speaks to the way that people take up science in the daily lives. It's like, oh yeah, science says so. Yeah, well, and science well, is rational. Science is magic. Yeah. And fantasy is emotional and intuitive. And But people don't really know yeah. the science. They don't really know what goes on behind it. It's just they just trust it. Totally. Well, yeah, for a lot of people, science is fantasy. Yeah. Right? Because because if you don't understand it, it's basically magic. And, and I, I don't. Well, no. I love it. You probably know more <laughs> than you think. Like I think at, you know, um, I was t- I was t- actually talking to my kid today because uh, she started reading Dune. And I was like, yeah. Um, and I was like, you know, a lot of the <laughs> a lot of the science that I've learned, a lot of the hard science I've learned, I actually came to through science fiction because like hard science sure. fiction uh, is clearly hard science fiction, not fantasy, right? Because it's it's it often it's scientists who turn to writing. And so they're sort of trying to explain how things like faster than light drives could exist. They're trying to explain, you know, they're 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 sort of extrapolating from, um, you know, science the science that exists now, the technology that exists now. And if we had this, this, and that, this is what we'd have. We'd have this nanotech or whatever. And so the only the only way that I've ever had like like quantum entangled entanglement explained to me in a way that I understood it was through science science fiction stories, mm. where like the writer literally like sits you down and is like here's what quantum entanglement is. You know, they give this little like lecture in the book, yeah. but really it's just to catch you up. And, and that's great. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like my favorite example of that is uh, a wrinkle in time. Yeah. When they literally, they have a little diagram with the little ant yeah. and it's walking across the line and then we're folding space. And yeah. it has a little diagram of like the two ends of the line coming together and the little line drooping down and yeah. see the ant can just walk from one point to the other point. I was like, this is perfect for my eight-year-old self. Except a wrinkle in time is definitely considered fantasy. Is it? Yeah, it's not considered sci-fi. I don't think, which is interesting. But there it is yeah. interesting. Well, yeah. I mean, but they do like. I think it does. It does foreground the magic, right? Yeah. But, like the the dad goes missing, and the dad is a scientist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's figured oh, yeah. out scientifically how to take up this right. magic. Yeah. Anyway. Mm. Anyway, Ooh. where were we? It's, I love it. Yeah, love it, it definitely blends. Um, okay, and then there's there's this line that I liked where the witch is uh, is is talking to Atreo and, and she's like, it has to hurt if it's if it's to heal. And I think that's like, it's that's speaking to, you know, the um, Bastion's loss of his mother, you know, mm. like all of these things, like, you know, it, it has to hurt to heal. And the feels. And, and the, yeah, mm. and, the, and the dad um, is not healing because he never lets himself be hurt, right? Mm. Like his masculinity yeah. is based on walling himself off and not experiencing anything. And so his, he's not healing. So for Bastion, this is a whole... You know, he, he's crying throughout the story. He's like screaming. He's scared. He's intrigued. But he's going through a lot. And it's and it's painful and it's cathartic. And he's like healing, you know? Yeah. But mm-hmm. at the same time, he's reading. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, I'm just, I'm just thinking this in terms of like him versus Atreyu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's like Atreyu is like getting the shit kicked out of him. Yeah. Lost his horse, who apparently is his BFF. Um, gets like healed by this dragon that he's clearly never seen before, doesn't know what it is, is scared of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and now is getting told off by this old witch lady <laughs> who also refers to herself as a doctor, which I thought was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's, it's like, I also found it interesting sort of that kind of comparison, like making that comparison, because I feel like that's the way that it often goes. Like thinking about like going back to being in women's studies, for example, right. Where it's like, you know, you're learning all this shit. A lot of it is really, really heavy. A lot of it is like very painful and uncomfortable where you get these like white people who are doing the same work, but from this position of privilege and whiteness mm. who experience this discomfort 
And it's not, they're not in danger. They're not unsafe. They're not, they're just experiencing some discomfort and they've never really had that before. Yeah. And they equate that with the actual experience. With what's going on. It's like Lynn Bayak and and she's like, you know, it was really traumatic. The TRC was really traumatic for us. We really suffered too. I think I had post-traumatic stress disorder from it. Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Yeah. And justifying all the racist things on our website. Yeah. And this is, but this is really it. This is like white positionality is, you know, as you learn about these horrific things, um, you know, it's really, it's, it's really traumatic and everything and, and, and cathartic and somehow. And it's about you. It's about you because you are going through this transformational process um, and emphasizing with these, you know, these people and everything, and you come out a new person, but you haven't actually done shit. And to me, yeah. that, is, that is like reconciliation. Totally. Like in, in a nutshell. This it's, is like the kids' fantasy movie version of reconciliation. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yes. And it is, like, it is interesting too, right? Because presumably, Bastion comes out of it a stronger person. Right. And presumably, white people who are going through this like whole reconciliation thing also become better people mm-hmm. right or like are transformed in some right. way right yeah but it's all like but what, what are they doing and at whose expense yes. right it's like that that you know that classic eating the other thing right yeah. like i'm going to get my personal self-betterment now i have the magic disco snake dragon yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're forgotten and you're by the wayside but mm-hmm. like look i've done all of this work and now i can ride the dragon yeah thanks for helping me out no, so I'm, I'm gonna bring up some stuff later. Bring it up now before you no, forget. No, because like we're breaking time here. Okay, okay, okay. So uh, <laughs> I'm gonna bring some stuff. Now he's gotta later. go through some trials and tribulations. So there's these two. This part for me as a kid was so trippy. So there are these huge golden sphinxes that like form this gate um, to the southern oracle. Nips out also. Can we just? I was just like, I was actually really surprised that there were nips out. On yeah, this movie, um, in this kid's movie, I was like, I this know. is pre. Some kind of Puritan crackdown. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I can't see nips out in contemporary films. They had goat hooves, which I don't think is like a sphinx thing. Well, and then the second ones had claws. Had, had like, yeah. yeah, yeah but like their back hooves. Yeah. Like, oh. Which I think oh. is like more of like a devil thing. Like a goat. No. Well, yeah, maybe. No, because the sphinx is a lion, a hawk, and a lady. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, my yeah, maybe. Hmm. Um, so anyway, the, the whole thing with this is that um, someone who who tries to pass these gates, someone who does not does not feel his own worth, ends up dead. So, which like, is extra sad. You have low self esteem and you get murdered by laser eye sphinx. Where I, I was like, <laughs> why don't they just get like a mediocre white guy to walk through? Because that guy's never. I know. Down his own <laughs> I was like, Jordan Peterson would do really well. Right. Oh my god. <laughs> so we see a knight approach, and um, and then so basically they're watching from this the the top of this hill through this like really cool technology with these like colored crystals and like yeah that was these cool. little I, oh, I love it so much and it was like on this wooden platform with yeah. this like big wooden like crank oh i and loved so, it i was like that's sick as a kid i was like oh my gosh and it was actually still pretty cool yeah. so they watch this um this night roll up and you know it's all tense and then the sphinx's eyes open and lasers shoot out and kill the knight so he's like fancy armor doesn't help he can see into your heart and then it turns like Sounds legit. I'm gonna go. And the guy's like, "Wait, there's a second gate." And Charlie's just fucked off. Whatever. Like, Come on. <laughs> uh, so he goes through, and and he sees the charred bones of the knight. Or lots of bones, and then the the horrible, yucky, gross face of the knight. Yeah. Yeah, and so like something I noticed there was like, just typical of scientists and like to be like, I mean they're not scientists but anthropologists was like 
He's like so worried about a tree, but he's not going to stop him because like to his research depends yeah. on this kind of thing. Right. right? Oh, yeah. So actually, that whole thing. So he he's researching. It's so funny. It's so funny because it's like it's so academic. He's like, you know, he's going to write a book about, and it's going to be like a century of watching the Southern Oracle. Um, so, but the early years, he's like, he, <laughs> first he asks Atreo, he's like, you know, I'm so-and-so, have you heard of me? He's like, no. He's like, well, you don't run in scientific circles. And, you know, Atreo shakes his head. Like, like of course not. not <laughs> Native people don't science. Buffalo. <laughs> yeah. But he's like, so he, but he wants uh, Atreo to go through so that he can get the information that he, the scientist lacks, which is also like so damn typical. It's like. Here, native person, can you please do all the labor so that I can write up about it? Publish this paper. And I can publish this paper. Like, what? Yeah. yeah. Whew, I wonder, like, like, there were there were moments like that in this film that did make me wonder how self-aware yeah. they, they was. Because it's like maybe a little bit. Maybe. But maybe like, something like that is so obvious. It's so on the nose, but it, then again, it could just be like just, yeah. the white's gonna white sort of situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's Okay, so he's uh, Atreus going through. He's feeling okay for a while, um, but then he gets spooked, I think. And then, um, and the the scientist's like, "Be confident, be confident." And then he like the the eyes start opening, so he just straight up runs and just barely misses getting lasered. Yeah, which seemed like a bit of a cop out to me. Yeah, yeah, it's like if you just run fast enough, you're gonna dodge the lasers and be fine. I don't know. Maybe it's like an allegory for white men to maintain their superiority. Just like Mm. fake it till you make it. Run, don't get lasered. Sorry. I don't know. I don't know, man. But in any case, he makes it through. Then it's like a blizzard. And he's like blizzarding. And he hasn't closed his vest. It's just the deep... We are immune. Plains people are immune to the cold. We just like deep V it all through the winter. Actually, he might even just like the two sides of his vest might have come out of his pants. And so he's just like flapping in the wind at this point. Like he's so done. He's just flapping in the wind. Uh, And so then he reaches what we have learned is the magic mirror gate. Where he has to face his true self, which the scientist was telling Falcor all about this. And Falcor's like, that sounds easy. I'm a lip dragon. I have a pretty easy life. <laughs> and the scientist was like, well, a brave man will find out he's a coward, and a rich person will find out he's a poor person or something he, like and that. And he finds out that he's actually a white boy yeah. reading a book. <laughs> his which, true self apparently is Bastion reading a book. That is so We insane. all have a little white boy inside us. I need to like sit with that for a minute. That, like, what does that fucking mean? No, that is. Yeah. That is messy. Yeah, it was... You aren't real. You're actually just this little white boy. Uh, and then, yeah. But if we're talking about the dehumanization of indigenous people mm-hmm. and the ways in which, mm-hmm. like, white people take up identity yeah. for themselves. Yeah. That's really... And that's the thing. It's like, how self-aware is this movie? And also, can we just say the character that's playing Atreyu, I'm pretty sure that actor is British. Yeah. The, I was getting yeah. major Brit vibes. I was getting Probably. major white Brit vibes. I mean, it's definitely not native. Yeah. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think... Like they they weren't using many actual natives in any of these movies back in the day. No, and I think if they, I'd be if shocked. They were, well, and that's the thing, right? It's like he's like quote, quote unquote racially ambiguous, mm-hmm. and if they were going to get an actual native kid to do this, like a lot like they do now, they would have picked the most native looking native. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Most phenotypically. No, he just had vaguely longish hair. Like yeah, like eighties long hair. Yeah, it wasn't like, even that long. Yeah, it still got the little flip at the end. Yeah, I, actually, at the beginning when they were like, "It's a, it's a young boy," I was like, "Are they saying that because he's got vaguely longish hair and they don't want you to like think it's a little girl?" No, oh, maybe. <laughs> right. So anyway, whatever. He passes through the mirror. He faces his true self. Yeah, and he's like, "Who the fuck is this white kid?" But he's, he's like, going. "Whatever." 
And then there's these blue glowy sphinxes now. And this is yeah. the Southern Oracle, and they speak in unison. We will not harm you. We've been waiting for you a long time, Atreo. And all that jazz. <laughs> so, yeah, Atreo just like, so the Empress needs a new name. That's it. But they won't tell him the name. No, they won't tell him the name. And no one from Fantasia can do it. Only a human child beyond the boundaries of Fantasia. And then their faces start falling off. Yes. As, as and he's like, once I've delivered my sacred message to somebody, my face just like straight falls off. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. So yeah. No, I'm an oracle. I'm very selfish. I just don't tell people that. Well, yeah, because your face well, makes fucking falls off. Yeah, you're an eternal oracle that apparently only has one prophecy. No, don't yeah. Yeah. tell anybody anything or your face will fall off. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. yeah, keep your prophesying to yourself, especially if you're an eternal oracle. Uh, so, yeah, only a human child can give him a new name. So Atreus is like, aha, Falkor will help me do that thing. Gets back to Falkor, is like, let's go, Falkor. And then they're flying. The nothingness is, like, boiling towards them. Like, and it's, like, hard to be on Falkor, apparently. So falls off, wakes up on a beach like Inception. Yeah, it does look a lot like the Inception beach. That's yeah, true. I'm pretty sure... Inception stole this. So as he falls, Bastion has all of the windows blow open in his little attic. Um, and on the shore, we see huge wolf tracks. Falcor searching. And then he comes across the rock biters. We haven't seen the rock biters since the beginning. And the rock biters, like, again, little like tribute to masculinity. They look like big, good, strong hands, don't they? I always thought that was, that's what they were. And apparently, like, the nothing ripped his little friends out of his hands. And having been betrayed by the illusion of his own strength, he's now going to let the nothing eat him. Yeah. Well, I mean, what's he worth now? Right? It's super fatalistic, right? He's like, if I'm not My the strong, strong hands man, were not as strong as I thought they were. Now I need to just now be sucked into the nothing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that whole Rough scene was man. actually very bizarre. Yeah. And yeah, so he's, yeah, it's like a trio. He wakes up on the beach, and instead of, like, this big sort of, like, you know back-in-the-day-style Japanese home, like an Inception. He's sort of in these, like, medieval ruins. Yeah. And he finds mm. the rock biter. The rock biter's all sad. And then the cave paintings. And then he finds... Sick. Yeah, I love that part. Yeah, which I actually thought that was one of the coolest parts, where he sees his own journey yeah. depicted on the cave paintings, and then he finds the last one, and it's the face and the glowing eyes of the Rougarou. Which then, hasn't happened yet. Right, and then he turns around, and there it is. There it is! Exactly <laughs> like the paintings prophesied, and it's Gmork. Mark. <laughs> <laughs> and then the wolf super breaks the fourth wall. The wolf doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah, Yo, yeah. yeah, yeah. Was, I, well, this is the thing. My favorite. He was like the most real. Okay, but as a kid, this was the terrifying bit because he's talking directly to you now. So he's yeah, talking. He's right. talking to our trail, but he's actually he's like talking about humans and everything. And so all of a sudden you're you're like, oh my god, he knows I'm here. Like it's super creepy. Whoa. No, I could see it actually being really scary. Yeah, it was yeah. it was scary. So he's talking about Fantasia has no boundaries. Um, it's the world of human fantasy, dreams, and hopes of mankind. And the nothing is the emptiness left, uh, capitalism, colonialism, as people lose their hopes and forget their dreams. And then he says, people who have no hopes are easy to control, and whoever contr- who has control has the power. Which is like yeah. political 101 in a nutshell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's so interesting because I feel like this movie all throughout it, it like has these proselytizing moments where yeah. it's like here's the moral you should take from this kids yeah. like really obviously and this was the only one that i was like hell yeah yeah that's hell an yeah, intense Rick. that's an intense one do that truth telling yeah i really would have liked to like, explore that character more yeah 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 because yeah. he's the servant of the power behind the nothing 
So what, but what's motivating him? Because nothing is presumably going to destroy his world too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, the, so and the nothing also presumably is nothing and doesn't necessarily have motives. Yeah. yeah. Why does the nothing need a servant? This is, but I, I wonder yeah. if it almost seems like now that I'm watching it, I'm like, oh, is this setting it up for a longer story? Like the, mm. the power behind the nothing. So it's not, it's not just the absence of hopes and dreams. Something is deliberately um, cultivating that hopelessness. And so, and in order to gain power, but I mean, that could be just like, that could just be the exercise of like political power of fascism in the eighties. Like you have to remember the eighties were like, you know, we talk about, oh, the aesthetic and da da da, but the eighties were a scary ass time. This was like a time of intense militarization of the police. The Mm -hmm. Reagan years were 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 super, super intense. You have like, you know, the fall of the Berlin wall, um, you know, the promise of, of capitalism turning into the nightmare of like capitalism slash fascism. Like this was, you know, the police state writ large. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea of, of trading, you know, like sort of the end of the Cold War, the idea of trading, um, you know, sec- your, your sort of like your political power for the, the lure of security. Yeah, it's like this was this was not a good time. Oh, Which we see some of those dystopian films coming out later, you know, like uh, like I'm thinking about like uh, Robocop and stuff like that. That those were also messages right, coming out yeah. at the time, like mm-hmm. really hardcore. Like let's look at fascism. Let's look at how capitalism can play into that. Like all of that, and mm. then this is the the sort of kids version, to, like yeah. warning about yeah, Blade, that. Because Blade Runner's this time too, Frick, right? It's yeah. so much. So much was yeah. Yeah, well, and like I think so. Something that I've been thinking about again, I want to sit on for a bit was like he mentions that. He's been helping. I keep forgetting that kid's name. Atreyu. Atreyu, yeah. Yeah. He meant he's like, yeah, I've been helping you, but like in order to basically f- fulfill his own desire. He said he was helping him. The Rubru? Yeah. Are you talking about the Rubru? Yeah. No, I thought he was hunting him. He's hunting him. Yeah, he was, oh, he was I heard hunting. Helping. And I was like sitting on that. I was like, what? No, you no, he was hunting him since there and there. And it's it's like oh, he didn't recognize him. Or maybe he was just toying with him. Like, yeah, no. Yeah. Oh, man. And then so when he realizes, or like, Finally, like, sort of, I don't know if he was just trying to scare Atreo, but he's like, yeah. Atreo's like, fine. And he grabs, like, a, a rock shard. He's a piece like, of rock that is knife-shaped. Come at me then, bro. And then, like, really, it's over real quick. He just stabs yeah. him. I was like, this is where we get to see why Atreo is such a badass warrior, the best warrior yeah. in all of Fantasia, even though he's a little boy. Yeah. This is the moment. I don't remember like, it this way. I, I feel like it was more epic. And the wolf gets stabbed, and the wolf's dead. Yeah. Um, I think the wolf was looking pretty, like, rough, though, for the beginning. I mean, he was, but, like, where's... We, we never get a big, like, this is a tree, yeah. the warrior scene. No, I, I wish we had seen that. I think, I think his warrior nature was just in the fact that he he persevered. Which is boring, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, just because you're, like, Orson, you're, yeah. you're just like Orson Scott carding it. You're like, I want I want to see Ender just, like, end him. You know, like, <laughs> the little six-year-old kid There's just, like, like people Yeah, up. a little bit. I know. Ender does some badass shit in Ender's fair, game. Fair, fair. Um, uh, yeah, okay, so then... That ends up also being really fucked up, to be fair, but... Yeah. So he kills him, and then Falcor is underwater, finds the Orin, which had dropped into the water. Then nothing is sucking everything away... Uh, Falcor saves Atreo at the last moment, and then they're flying in space through the remnants of Fantasia. Which was awesome. Yeah, that was pretty the cool. The synth is going, yeah. space is happening, chunks of Fantasia are flying around like asteroids. He's on this fucking disco snake dog. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh yeah. I know, I know. Like, this could end here, and I would be like, this is awesome. Good. Mm-hmm. So something that I thought about that was like, space is the nothingness? Like, there's, 
Yeah. I, I wasn't super into that. I was like, I thought space would be part of Fantasia. Yeah, no, their their explanation of the nothing didn't really work out visually because the nothing is like, um, they're like, it's, it's literally the absence of something. Like it's eating everything and then there's yeah. nothing there. I don't know how they would have accurately or, or, you know, portrayed that visually. I'm not sure. Mm. I think they just went for like, this is going to be cool as hell. Yeah. Let's yeah. do this. It Let's was, do space and, and sand. Yeah. yeah. Maybe the nothingness was still like working its way into space. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I'm actually surprised that like I'm thinking like about Tribe Called Red. I'm surprised that that scene never got t- taken up in a Tribe Called Red Ooh. in any of their videos and remixed because that would have been sweet. Anyway, not that I would let, like need royalties from that idea. <laughs> <laughs> it would help though. <laughs> yeah. So then they fly and the ivory tower is still there. They're totally fine for some reason. Everything is destroyed, but the ivory tower remains. Don't you it's fucking so wish. Pure. Don't you wish. <laughs> Academics. We'll still be here when the world is ended. Oh my god. I'm and so also, I will be the it's empress. Yeah. Who knows? Totally sucks. Uh, so yeah, so she, so they're like, oh yes, okay, sweet. The the ivory towers here. They they rock up to the ivory tower. Trey goes in. He sees the empress. It's just a sad little white girl. Except she's not sad because she says, Atreyu, why do you look so sad? <laughs> Atreyu's covered in blood from his fight with the wolf. He's like fucked up. The deep V is like, it's not even a it's V not even anymore. A v anymore. It's, just, it's like a flapping w. all over the place. Like, he's been having a time. And yeah. she's like, why do you look so sad? You had to go through all that for <laughs> me. Yeah. And, and then he's like, uh, I failed you. And she's like, no, you didn't, silly. With her like big eyes and her trembling lip, yeah, and you just you just don't know your own quest well enough to realize uh, how well you've succeeded. I you knew everything. Yeah, you brought him with you, the Earthling child. Uh, and then yeah, and then we okay, let's just fast forward through this crap. So Bastion's <laughs> like, what? They can't be talking about me, and they're like, we're talking about you. No, it can't be real. This is this isn't real. This is just a book. It's not just a book, Bastion. Um, <laughs> give me my name, Bastion. Give me my and name. Just say it one time, and he's like. No, I can't say it. And then, no. and then she stares right at us, you know. Uh, and she's like, "So he is watching your story, just like other people are watching his story." Breaks the fourth and wall, we were shatters like, it, destroys it, just what? so uncomfortably. That, yeah. no, but I think remember that scene in Deadpool, and he's like, "A fourth wall break," but then a fourth wall break. That's sixteen walls. Oh my god! Totally <laughs> that, was, that, was like, that was sixteen. In my walls. mind, I was like, oh, "That's sixteen, 16 walls." walls. <laughs> Yeah, and then he scream, screams out, Moonchild, which I don't think anybody in the 80s actually heard. No. Also is just the worst name. <laughs> it's so bad. But like, Moon unit. But can we also point out that like <laughs> the main character, the kid, kid whose name starts with A. Atreo. Atreo. <laughs> you have some real <laughs> I just put A in my notes. But he freaking died. He fell backwards and hit his oh, head. Oh, yeah, yeah. They all, he oh, just yeah, died. And it's like, oh, yeah, surprise, Sebastian has been the... Main character this whole time. Yeah, well, all that is left is literally a grain of sand, a glowy little grain of sand. Yeah. Everybody else is dead. Yeah. yeah. And fuck you too. You weren't really part of this. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's literally the transfer of power and control. It's a totem transfer. Reality. Just like Dallas Hunt talks about. Totally. Yeah. yeah. To like from this white person, this like lily white princess, to this dweeby white kid who now has the power and control over the narrative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the narrative becomes his. And so what does he do? He wishes back into existence everybody, like Fantasia and all of it. Yeah. Right? As as much as he understood it. So Atreo is alive and everything and, and we talked and the about horse is alive. You know, do they yeah. do they even remember? But mm-hmm. he also enacts revenge on the bullies by riding his little, you know, disco snake dragon or dog uh, through the streets to like get the bullies to throw themselves in the trash. Ha ha ha. And I'm like watching this and I'm like, oh, whatever. But as a kid, I was like, yeah, I would totally do that. <laughs> like I would get my pet dragon to eat them. You know, like, oh, yeah, it's terrible. Oh, 
Yeah. That so was. that's it. So he has many adventures and then eventually returns to the real world. And gets a ass kicking from his dad. He's been gone for how right? long? We don't, so yeah. Like, <laughs> but I mean, he's not this dragon now. Yeah, he's got a dragon. But yeah. like, does it resolve anything? Like he didn't. Okay. So personally, what growth did he go through? He didn't like, he didn't confront his, his like sorrow of his mother's death. He didn't confront his like bad relationship with his father. He didn't confront the fact that like he didn't really do anything about the bullying he's experienced other than like once he has magical means like, yeah. you know, to do it. Um, you know, he's he's not doing well in school. He doesn't seem to have any hopes and dreams. He doesn't have anything going for him except power and control. Power and control. And that's where the dreams are coming from. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're dreams. It's literally just white boy dreams of power gets power. Yeah, and acts it to fuck up the people that were messing with his life. Holy, well, and somehow capitalism doesn't win in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my thoughts were, because Shelley, you said that, you know, oh god, no, not forgot. But like what? <laughs> I did say what, that. Oh yeah, he, he, comes, <laughs> he becomes the empress. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that I think that's true. Like yeah. I think that's what they mean when like he has many adventures, and I think his adventures end the same way the empress's end is with like a nothingness. Well, yeah, because the empress was ill, and that was linked to the nothingness. So was it like the empress was? Yeah, the empress was actually the old dude in the bookstore who was running out of hopes and dreams, and that's why he passes. Whoa. He passes the book to Bastion, who is Your still moon young. Child, old man. Yeah, moon child. <laughs> right. And so now Moonchild is like, okay, I'm going to retire in this bookstore. It's cool, and somebody else is going to take on the legacy. I love that take. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I like it too because it doesn't in any way undermine what we were earlier saying about his complete lack of growth yeah, yeah. and like yeah. how it's really, yeah. and that's really, but I mean, that's really what it is, right? For white men, what growth is in like a very real sense is you come into your own oppressive power and control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as you have the power to oppress others, that, that's what keeps you safe. Yeah. Well, yeah. and that's what's inspiring. That's, that's what inspires hopes yeah. and dreams. Oh my gosh. It's like that meaning of that. Yeah. Power. And then the indigenous character who is the main character for all intents and purposes, goes through all the shit, is then relegated to fantasy, literally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, yeah. This <sighs> this film, more than any other, has, really, I think, really, like, throws into relief the ways in which, like, narrative and oppressive power regimes, like, co-constitute one another. Oh, mm-hmm. man. Wow. And he never shares the power with no. David. No, what would you? He's a loner. He's a nerdy loner. Yeah, now he's, he's ha- getting his day in the sun. Yeah, he's happy well, to hunting buffalo, like, purple. and doing nothing yeah. else. Yeah, but but the th- yeah, that's the thing is, you know, that if if Bastion did share power, you know, that he'd be betrayed because yeah, yeah, yeah. One of these three power anyway, but like, yeah, it couldn't it couldn't be shared. Yeah. Um, what are we rating this out of? We are rating this out of the characters that we love the most that we never get to see, which are. The purple buffalo and the hopes and dreams of the purple buffalo. <laughs> the hopes and dreams of the pur- purple oh, buffalo. All right, yeah. I love it. I dreams. dream of the hopes and dreams of purple buffalo. Okay, uh, let's start with our guest, yeah. Wyatt. Um, out of a scale from one to five hopes and dreams of the purple buffalo, what would you rate this? One being, this was the worst thing you ever watched. You're going to get really, really intoxicated and puke and hope to like pass out and never remember it. Oh. Or five being like, wow, this is so great. You're going you're gonna to buy this movie and pass it down to your great, 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 great grandchildren. You know, I think there's a lot to unpack with this. So I'd like to sit on it for a little bit. But 
no, no. I keep thinking I of you as like like like, like, <laughs> yeah, like you, have a, to, you have to decide now. Like an ostrich right on a nest. Anyway. <laughs> What's that? Like, who, what are you sitting on? Anyway. <laughs> oh, this movie. Okay. Will it hatch? <laughs> who knows? Um, I'm gonna give that three purple buffalo. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and I think that's because like. I did appreciate like just how out there it was mm-hmm. and creative and like sort of what you mentioned like with a lot of the shows we see now they just don't have that it's like everything's like very beautiful and very perfect like, even even the bad guys in a lot of ways i think and, like to show this is like there's this whole world of like just different kinds of people and all that but then obviously like, i think it's also very in a lot of ways and I really hated the fact that Sebastian was the main character this whole entire yeah, time yeah. <laughs> like I really hated that so yeah. maybe two oh, oh damn yeah. change midstream <laughs> Ooh, that's this our is, first this is a hard one I think because it's like the the way that indigeneity is portrayed or the way that like the way that the indigenous character is situated is kind of different from what we've seen before because he's simultaneously the main character and, all. and I wonder too right like if we weren't indigenous and watching this, if we would be reading it at that Atreyu was the main character the whole way through. I think most people probably, yeah, think he is. Cause he's, I don't know. Well, I mean, but it's just so bizarre that like the synopsis of the film and then the end of the film work really hard to re-center Bastion. Yeah, I like, guess I guess you could probably weird. choose depending mm-hmm. on if you're like the bookish nerd getting bullied or you're the sort of act, take action person. Mm-hmm. But in either mm-hmm. case, you're like, you're either pretending to be native in most cases, because most of the audience is not native. Yeah. Or you're like, yeah, this is me, little nerdy book boy. Yeah, but if you're a nerdy, nerdy little book Indian, what is there for you? There's nothing for you. Um, but I mean, that, yeah, then it's not like there's anything for you no. until Victor comes along. Yeah. Smokes it. Anyway, uh, so I would give this, I'm going to give this a 2.5. Uh, in terms of portrayals that we've seen, it's definitely in no way the worst. Um, it's not actively racist. You don't see a tray you're doing um, like much that's like particularly stereotypical. He doesn't war whoop. No, he doesn't war whoop. Uh, he's not. He doesn't. He's not stoic. Yeah, uh, he doesn't stoic. do tonto speak. He, um, you know, never talks about like you know when he wants to get food, he sort of has brought food with him. He doesn't go hunting for it. Blah blah. blah. He has to leave his bow and arrow behind. Um, so you don't get a lot of that. And I kind of liked it that the character. You know, they talk about how he's indigenous and he comes from these plains people who hunt the purple buffalo, but he, he, you know, he doesn't. That's sort of almost where it ends. Mm -hmm. Um, However, that's all they need to say because Bastion has fetishized Indians so much Mm. that you know, sort of without them even needing to go into it, that Atreyu is this stereotype, right? Because that's all Bastion has in his head. He's the last of the Mohicans. You know, he's got this indigenous imagery that surrounds him that he clearly identifies with in these different ways or aspires to in these different ways. Uh, and then, yeah, he just, he dis- he is literally written out of his own story by this white guy. Mm-hmm. Or this white boy, this white kid writes him out and he has absolutely no say in it. And at the end, you know, he happily waves at Bastion as he flies by. Like, so he, if thanks for taking he does over, know, dude. Yeah, if he does know, he's fine with it. Like, yeah. he's, he's happy to pass that gauntlet along, right? Um, so I think, you know, I think it had a lot of really good and interesting elements. I thought it's sort of like analysis of the importance of imagination and creativity was really good. Um, but, you know, that it just, it, it centers on this white kid who was very difficult to empathize with. Yeah. I found. And it doesn't actually really challenge 
any of the norms against which this kid finds himself up against, which I also thought was a problem. It, it's about, you know, as we were talking about, that that individualistic search and hunt for power. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, to five, like, and two point five, like, it, it doesn't, I think it doesn't do the work that it thinks it's doing. Mm. Oh, man, this is a tough one for me. I, I probably shouldn't have watched it again. It's it's ruined it a bit for me a lot. <laughs> you were so keen. I know. I was, I was like, I'm going to introduce. <laughs> I didn't really do this. They're going to love it. Okay. But I know. But I, I've been on this rodeo before, you know, <laughs> like I remember, I remember my dad trying to show me uh, movies that he watched when he was a kid. And, and you know, like this, the, the um, the special effects don't hold up and mm. you know you watch them and you're like oh it's a bit of a, I remember it being better you know I yeah. remember it being better and I think I think my memory of this movie I probably would have given like a four um, but the reality of this movie I'm giving a two hopes and dreams of the purple buffalo uh, because it's just it, it is it's just another like totem pass it's just like it's just another self-actualization of a white person through the labor and blood sweat and tears of an indigenous person um yeah, and it just didn't didn't hold up. And I'm sad. Can't all be winners, Shelly. No, can't. But nevertheless, we are excited that you joined us here on <laughs> Midship Among the Stars. Stars, 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 stars. Among the stars, 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 stars.